Hey everyone, just before we get into this episode, I'd like to draw your attention to a new show on this podcast feed, and that is Morgan Hasn't Seen, where I am joined by Janine the Machine for some first-time watches of fairly major movies that have uh, have just slipped past me. Uh, We've opened the show with uh, a little series focusing on the Marvel Cinematic Universe films that I have missed, Uh, in order to get me fully ready for Avengers Endgame. And uh, these episodes of Morgan Hasn't Seen are released every Wednesday. Myself and Janine hope you can join us for some fun on the show. And like I said, you can find it on this very podcast feed on your chosen provider. Hello everyone, welcome back to the final episode of Musical March on It's a Wonderful Podcast. It's a sad day, but also a very, very happy day. It is episode 49, Uh, that's right, 50 is next week. I I haven't planned anything. I don't know if Nolan's planned anything. Um, I planned a midlife crisis. uh, Fair enough, that's perfectly understandable. Quarter life crisis. 50 is the new 25. Um, but yes, this week we, as you can hear, we have Rachel Silverstreeny back, who has been a staple of Musical March on this show, and we are in love with her for it. Hi, Rachel. Hello, everyone. I'm so sad it's over, but oh, what a ride it's been. It really I'm, I'm really glad to be off that cargo plane that Brandon shipped me off on. Good. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm glad you. I'm glad you made it back. Okay. I mean, it was better than the basement, but I'm still annoyed at him. We're gonna have to, we're gonna have to air out our differences next time he's on the show. Yeah, oh. um, that'll be fun. I'm, I might just, I might just set up a half hours shouting or half hours uh, like discussion slash argument between you and Brandon. I think that'll be quite entertaining. The things um, I saw in Loompa Land. <laughs> 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 no, I don't think I want to know. I don't think I want to know at all. But yes, this uh, this week, guys, we are talking Rachel's pick. Because we were nice and we let Rachel pick one, seeing as she's been so great all month on the show. Uh, Rachel, what was this ridiculous movie that you picked this week? So this is one that not a lot of people may have heard of. It's called Paint Your Wagon. Um, <clears throat> it came out in 1969, directed by Josh Logan. And it surprisingly has... Clint Eastwood singing not one, not two, but three songs pretty well, I might add. Uh, It takes place back in the gold rush uh, when everybody is coming out to California and there's really no laws. And so it's all about these gold miners that are just trying to find their piece of land, their piece of life. And um, it gets a little weird. (laughs) Yeah, it does. But it's one of the most progressive musicals. Um, uh, it also kind of is centered around gold rush. I called it gold rush gentrification. Um, as fair. as the movie goes on, uh, there's some really great songs. Um, it is incredibly long. It's about two hours and 45 minutes, uh, but it does have an intermission built in. So the sh- movie is really only like 225. Um, so not quite infinity war length. 
Um, no. <laughs> but there's some really great characters. There's really great songs. There's it's not a typical musical in that it's there's not a lot of dancing. Um, but it is one that I, I, I thought that not a lot of people would have seen. So I really kind of wanted to talk about it and kind of bring this to people's minds. Also, this is one of the only movies. For me. What? It did the impossible for me. It made Clint Eastwood likable. <gasps> you don't like Clint? How dare. Get out. I don't like current Clint. Well. Current Clint's a different beast. I mean. To be you've fair. Got to look, 60s, 60s, 70s Clint is Amazing. Perfect. But to be fair, Clint Eastwood has lived a very, very long and retrous life. Um, he's he's kind of earned the whole crotchety old man. <laughs> um, and I mainly come to his defense because I can't wait to be a crotchety old woman. Um, <laughs> I feel like no, I'm... as we as we found out, I believe last week, <laughs> you can't wait to be a crotchety old woman. Can't. It's it's just a life goal. I'm really excited. Like if I could blink my eyes and be like 75, I would. <laughs> oh my god, it sounds so great. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so uh, so let's dig into it, guys. <laughs> oh my yeah, god. I uh it's it's actually a really it's a really enjoyable movie. I you know, can't admit to not having a huge smile on my face throughout the whole thing, even though I do think it is kind of long. And, um, but it, it's just got this really sort of, I don't know if it's just fun or it doesn't take itself too seriously. Um, like at all. The Gold Rush setting's great because it's like, I don't know, I love that because everybody's sort of, in it for themselves, but also the building this community of no-name city sort of makes these people come together as a community and ends up in some nice musical numbers, for sure. Um, but everybody's got their own little devious thing they're doing. And um, Clint Eastwood and Lee Marvin, who are the two male leads, they... They have surprisingly good chemistry to me. I ship them. I um, that's not. I love yeah. Lee Marvin so much. I, so this is a movie that I basically grew up on because my dad raised me on oddly enough musicals and westerns. So this was like the most amazing. This perfect mix then. I'm sorry. This is the perfect mix of both. Basically, yeah, and he looked like Stallone, but like six two instead of five six. So. Um, he was like a big dude and he loved musicals and it was so magical. Um, but this movie was basically like the perfect little sliver of Venn diagram for those movies. So I grew up watching this and I feel like I've always loved Lee Marvin's character of Ben Rumson. Um, mm -hmm. I've loved him for different reasons, uh, growing up. And now I just kind of recognize the fact that I've kind of turned into Ben Rumson um, he is okay. Well, I mean, he's he's honest when he always like he's just always upfront and honest about things, whether it upsets people or not. Um, but he has one of the purest hearts. Like the movie starts off with everybody kind of just like trudging along with their wagons and mules and backpacks, like trying to find a new stead, and then Clint Eastwood and his brother 
have this massive crash with all of their carts and stuff. And his yeah. brother dies, but Clint's alive. So they go to bury the brother and they discover while they're giving the eulogy, while the brother's in the grave, that there's gold in the grave. So yeah. they literally bounce the brother out. Lee Marvin claims the site for him and his new partner, who you don't actually find out his name until the very last, I'm not even joking, minute of the movie, whose real name is Sylvester Newell. Yes. Um, or partner, partner, as he's referred to as the whole movie. Partner with a D. Yeah. I, w- I wish they never revealed his real name. I like just partner. Yeah, I like... I like partner, but I really liked that they revealed it like at the very end because it's like after all of the things they went through, it was like an afterthought. Like, I never really got your name. And he's like, Sylvester Newell. He's like, no, nah, stick with partner. <laughs> <laughs> he's basically like the Westerns version of the doctor. You don't want to know his real name. Yeah, basically. Um, but it was just. I guess it's also kind of a spin on Eastwood's man with no name, anyway. Yeah. Because he's always in westerns without a name, so. Well, also No that... Name City. Like. Also No Name City. It, there's all these and... little, like, gems of jokes throughout the whole thing, but I do love that. Okay, so. Yeah, so they do that. They build a homestead. Uh, Clint breaks his arm. Uh, it feels bad that the guy's doing. That um, Ben is doing, like, all of the work. Uh, and he gets half. But Ben does this thing where he says, you know, he admits to being a drunk, a liar, a fornicator. <laughs> like, he sleeps with everything that moves. He drinks. He does. And all, and he, but he says, the worst thing, the worst thing you could ever do that I will never do is cheat a partner. Like, he's honest and he's upfront about things. Um, and he, you know, he offers to switch uh, gold pouches anytime he wants. Um, which is honestly like the true form of just upfront and honest. So I really love that he does that, but like, he's not gonna, he doesn't go out purposely to hurt anybody. He's in it for his own enjoyment. He like, I don't think he hurts anyone throughout all of this. I mean, he gets in a few fist fights, but they're drunken, uh, gold, uh, prospectors. Um, and then, so they, they don't count. They don't, they don't I mean, they're, they're, but they're all like that, you know? Like, he's not, like, yeah. walking up to, like, the preacher and, like, punching him in the face. Although, their <laughs> preacher was kind of a dick. Um, but, yeah, and so because of this, all, uh, there's no women out there. And then this no, Mormon rolls in. not at all. Yeah. And then this Mormon rolls into town with two wives. Which is... Where the this movie kind of starts getting slightly silly. Good silly, admittedly. Good silly, but yeah, okay, let's have an auction for my second wife, shall we? Yeah, sure, why not do that? Isn't it because they're like Mormons or something? Yeah, they're Mormons. Yeah. He's got two wives, and they go but in... But buying and... human beings still isn't a good thing. Well, no, but Sarah's got one of the... Or uh, she's got one of the best lines when they're sitting in the diner uh, in the restaurant getting food and uh, his first wife convinces him to sell her or to sell the other wife. And she looks at her and she's like, I can't stand that smug look on her face. And she goes, Sarah, this look is pure hatred. And it's just like <laughs> you see instantly it's her first it's one of her first lines. And you just instantly know that this girl's got grit She's a badass, like, she's gonna speak her mind, she's gonna stand up for herself, and she lets herself get auctioned. 
Oh, she no, she was she was great. The that character was great. I think Jean Seberg has great, uh, you know, great back and forth, great chemistry with both Clint and Lee Marvin, um, because the way it all pans out is that you know Lee Marvin Ben Rumson ends up purchasing uh, her. Whatever the bit is, I'll double it. But they share her as a wife. But only after a bit. Only after a bit, but it, it becomes a thing and well, it becomes a little bit of like... You're making this sound like a porn on. and it's not. Let me explain. I'm just glad film Twitter hasn't got a hold of this movie because they would rip it to shreds. Yeah, please don't. Guys, please don't. Leave it alone. No, it, I'm, I'm not, not you ripping guys. this to shreds. I'm begging film Twitter just to leave this alone. It is so wonderful. They do share a wife, though. Yes, but so basically, here's what happens, though. Is that because she's the only woman in the city, Ben starts to lose what little grip on reality he has. Because everybody's coming. Anybody who even glances her way, he starts to just get this, like, this antagonized bear part about him. Just like, ugh! Uh, And he plays that very well, because he actually looks like an antagonized bear. Did Lee Marvin, was he like an actor who was known for playing bad guys? Because I feel like he was, but I've never seen any of his other work. Um, I don't think bad guys. I think he's always been like that salty dog in the crew. Yeah, you know, he's a grizzled guy. He's not like... Yeah. He's not heroic. He's not like evil. He, he's just always kind of exactly as he is in, in this, pretty much. Yeah, he's basically chaotic good. Um, Yeah. But so because of that, they... They find out that there's going to be a caravan of French whores that are going to yep. another city. So they decide to go and hijack them and bring yep. them to No Name City. Um, and so while Ben is gone, partner stays home with his wife and then they fall in love with each other. So then they just decide that, you know, well, since she was part of since she was married to a man with two wives, why can't she have two husbands? And so they have Which this... makes all the sense in the world. I mean, why not? It's just one why of those not? beautiful it's a, things. It's a fantastic point. It is. Like, why can't... Like, if, if it works... If, if it's good enough for the goose, it's good enough for the gander. Uh, so she gets two husbands. Um, and because it is the middle of nowhere in California, they decide that they get to make their own rules. And so the entire town is like, why not? (laughs) And so now the town has gambling halls and bars and whores and everyone is happy. Um, Literally everyone is happy. Everyone's happy. There's money coming in. They're a boom town, but it's just, it, that's where it turns into the whole, why I call it gold rush gentrification because everybody starts off with um one actually the second song of the movie is called the first thing you know and it's a ben rumson song um where Mm. he's basically just like the first thing you know like basically it's all about how god made this beautiful land and then humans come in and muck it up good and yeah that's uh, kind of the it's kind of the upbeat one that he's in the what is it i don't know what it is is it like a market or like a yeah it's kind of like the general store yeah. He's like they're like buying flour and sugar and stuff like that and that was a good song. I liked that song. Yeah. It's I mean there's not really a bad song. Um there's there's some really like 
kitschy ones that you're just kind of like, you know, past the soap and water with the song that they sing when uh, they're trying to sober yes. Ben up to like get married. It's kind of like tongue in cheek, but it's very like on point with the movie and the time and the characters. Um, it's also not a very long song. They have a lot of very short songs that are just very expositional. Um, yeah. Like Hand Me Down That Can of Beans. Ridiculous. But they're all yeah. dancing to it around the fire drunk. And it's like mazel. Um, well, that one, that one, I like that one. The, the song right after they've gotten married that's sort of interspersed with like, oh, Susanna and stuff. And yeah, where they're, that's great. Where they're carrying them to their, uh, to their tent with on yeah. the bed and everybody's it's singing like all these ridiculous like verses oh it's, it's so like a good. bedding ceremony it's a it's like a bedding ceremony from game of thrones but in this old west version where they're just throwing in folk songs every now and again and just their own little lyrics to it yeah it's great I loved all that um my favorite song of the end two of my favorite song well one of my favorite songs of the movie is mariah and that is okay actually sung by harv presnell um that song is has lived with me my entire life. Like any time, so I toured with musicals, and so anytime I meet a baritone, I'm like, "Sing me Mariah." Like okay. it's it just has this beautiful tonage to it. It's so sad and so powerful, and it's just like this yearning, and it's just gorgeous. And to have this song be sung by all of these men on this rainy day singing about they call the wind Mariah and how it blew away his woman and how he's lost from her now. It's just so beautiful. Um, so, yay, points to Harv Presnell for that because that is not an easy song to sing. Yeah, I I saw somewhere that he was, like, the only actually trained singer mm-hmm. that that sung a song in this, in this movie. You can tell because as good as... as, as Honestly good as uh, Clint's singing and Lee Marvin's kind of singing for what they do. It works really well. This guy ha- just has the he has the he has the presence, he has the projection in his voice that you can just tell the difference there. Yeah. But guys, pause this, go listen to Mariah, come back. Um <laughs> It's definitely yeah. on YouTube. Um so Mariah's one of my favorite ones, but then but then people start coming to town, and uh, it's just one of the most. It's just a weird situation. So it could have been a two. It could have been two movies, because um, then like this group of this is, people, these farmers come in, and it just gets weird. Yeah, after this that. this this is where this is where I kind of started to think. This is going to go on for a bit too long, isn't it? This is trying to do a little bit too much. I'm still enjoying it because it's it just has this really light feel to it uh, constantly. But, yeah, once once these farmers come in, it's just like, oh, this is one storyline too much, um, which I think it hinders the movie because I think this could be such a good movie. Yeah, I if mean, it just was a little tighter. That whole part. I mean, it, I understand why it needed to, like, why why it needed to be because okay, so basically, like, this uh, caravan of farmers gets stranded in the in the mountains during a snowstorm. They get rescued, and this very pious family comes to live with 
the Rumsons and yeah, and and partner um, because they're all living in the same house. Um, partner and uh, Ben uh, take turns going into town for the night and playing poker while the other one basically gets dished up their wife. Um, so they have a nice <laughs> little system. Um, it, do you know what? It really is. It works well. It's nice. It's all figured out. Yeah, and it's great. And there's no, like... Like, if this movie was made now, there'd be so much sexual tension between Partner and Ben Rumson that it would just... <laughs> like... The, there's already sexual tension between them. I don't know what movies you guys were watching. Think, they definitely want to fuck. I think you're reaching a little far. Nolan, I would like to hear your viewpoint on why you think Clint Eastwood and Lee Marvin... Or why you think this movie would have benefited from a sex scene between the two of them? This Go. is not Brokeback Mountain. <laughs> I mean, more or less, that's just me being silly and writing my own fan fiction into it. But like the tension they have <laughs> as friends, and the fact that they're sort of the quarrelling couple while Elizabeth is in the background being the voice of reason, it's just like you guys need to go to a brothel and sort of just air your differences out. I mean, and Lee Marvin's mustache is just kind of asking for it, let's be honest. Oh my god. Well, I like that you have brought that up, Nolan. Thank you very, very much indeed. As, of course, we have a new inductee into the mustache hall of fame. Lee Marvin for his glorious, uh, glorious facial hair in this movie. I feel like Sam Elliott must have modelled his look off Lee Marvin. I mean, I oh, feel like the two yeah. got together and were just like, just had like a moustache praise off. Um, yeah, Lee Marvin's, Lee Marvin's facial hair in this is just majestic. Because it's this not just the moustache, be... it's the chops. And they're yeah. so perfectly even and it's just, it's so beautiful. Um, yeah. This I don't may, uh, may actually be my, my favourite facial hair in the, in the moustache hall of fame. Oh! <gasps> I'm gonna make I'm gonna make a bold statement that this might actually be so far my favorite piece of facial hair in the Mustache Hall of Fame. So congratulations, Lee Marvin! You have gone alongside uh, the recent likes of um, who who has been put in recently. Uh, I have a list. Uh, Frank Morgan from The Wizard of Oz um, was the last one. So yeah, you've gone alongside Frank Morgan from last week. Well done, Lee Marvin. Lee. Clint Eastwood really surprised me in this, because I'm used to seeing him as, like, the sort of silent, methodical, badass guy, like, in a lot of his movies mm -hmm. now, and currently now being the crotchety old man that yells at chairs. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> it was... It, it was so strange to me seeing him as, like, this really innocent, romantic guy. Who's kind of like a man of few words, but when he does say them, they always make a big impact. He smiles in yeah, this one is, too. It is it is kind of unusual when you think about it, but it it works really well. It shows the kind of quality that Clint had in this sort of peak time of his career, where he could see so he, he had this sort. Of, he, yes, he was known for playing the more like, silent badasses, like you said, like in in the dollars trilogy or even whether it's like dirty harry i mean he's dirty harry's a badass he kind of doesn't say a lot he gets stuff done um but this yeah is definitely it's sort of the, it's, it's it's a sweeter role for clint and he does pull it off 
partner now has basically become Ben Hanscom, like, as he's gotten older. He's become that character in real life. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> I mean... That is fair. I mean, he, he, his, the first song of the movie is Elisa, and it's Clint yeah. wandering around singing about this girl that he loves. And, I, you know, it's, it's very sweet, and he does have a really good voice. Like, he, he hits these notes. I also think that the, uh, I'm not quite sure on this, but I'm pretty sure that the, uh, uh, the songwriters uh, knew who they were working with and Definitely. wrote to their strengths. Um, so, like, you're not going to hear Clint trying to hit a, a high C. You know, it's it's not that type no. of a movie. This is not, this movie, this musical is very rare in the fact that it's not, there's no showstopper. There's no big choreographed numbers. There's no, like, stand up and applaud. Like, it's, it's a very good musical, but it's just kind of like this middle of the road, like, just a guy walking down the street singing, you know, like it's not. Yeah, as far as the as far as the music, of... you know, as far as the music goes, it's not the most musical musical. Ah. It's it's not a staged. It's not, you know, um, it's not staged like something like Singing in the Rain was in oh, terms no. of these musical numbers are there because they are musical numbers. Yeah. These musical numbers, it, it sort of fits more in. It fits more into, you know, to compare again to the Wizard of Oz or even Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory, which I know you didn't appear on the episode, Rachel. But in terms of this, in terms of the actual music and the way it flows with the story, it's kind of similar to that. Whereas there's no like, even though yeah, Willy Wonka does have its huge main big number. But um, it kind of flows well. It doesn't feel like scene and musical number. Scene and musical number. It flows really nicely, and I really appreciated that. Yeah, I think I think the biggest number they had was "There's a Coach Coming In," which is when the city yeah. gets really excited when they're bringing in the whores, um, and that has the most choreography um, in the entire movie, um, and it's barely there like literally i think the choreography got added just so that like there was a little more excitement when the camera was moving through the town watching everybody get ready for the girls to come in um they're so excited they're so excited rachel women women rachel yeah women women i mean i i i get it um but <laughs> i get it i mean I, I can understand the excitement I've been on tours where I was the only girl in sight, so I understand. Um, but yeah, there's a coach coming in. is really it's really funny. It's it's I mean, it's really sweet. And the thing I think that one of the things that I appreciate about this film the most is that even though basically she gets sold to Ben and women like literally they treat the marriage just like any other claim. Yeah. And so in, in saying that, like, you know, the divorce is final if a claim gets abandoned for 30 days. So if Ben's gone 30 days, she's technically an abandoned claim and partner can claim her as his own. Like, if you overlook that. um, Which I'm not, you know, I'm not necessarily, look, I do have a problem with the buying and selling of human beings. Right. 
the treatment of human beings as property. But then you meet her, and that first night she pulls a but gun on Ben. She is great. And she is great. You, so, but you yeah. like, but <clears throat> because of that introduction with her, where she pulls the gun on Ben in the tent, you know that she will defend herself and will leave if she has to. Like she's not going to put up with some shit, you know? Yeah. That yeah. That so, is like, that is a fair point. But like it's, it's good she's not a damsel in distress. Oh yeah, exactly. No, she she puts the horns to the boys more than once, kicks them out. That is her house that she makes them build. Um, she's great. I adore her. I can't stand her song though. Um, <laughs> million miles away behind my door. Like no, like I understand the feeling, but like I just it's the song that I fast forward through every time. Um, every mus every musical has that one song that nobody really cares about, and it's hers. The one that really stuck with me was the one that I think it was sampling Jack and Jill. Jack and Jill, what was yeah, this like, one? The the melody of it of it sounded like Jack and Joe went up the hill to fetch a <laughs> pail of water. What what was this song? I don't think I can remember that. It sounds a lot like that old nursery rhyme to me. I just I can't remember the title of it, but it had the same melody of Jack and Joe went up the hill. What was happening at this time? It it was I know it was before the intermission. I think it was like right before that. Oh, there's a coach coming in. There's a coach coming in. Yeah, yeah. it it did have a it felt like a sampled melody to me. I'll probably find it after this and send it in our group chat, but that one got stuck in my head very easily i like rachel said i think it's the biggest number in there and it works quite nicely of being right before the the intermission because it does have an intermission uh you know all the people in the in the movie theater in the cinema watching this here um you know there's a coach coming in and then they're all happy because it's nice and upbeat and driving and yeah everybody's up and then we intermission and there's a nice little break for everybody to, to talk about it and then they come in for the um what i think slightly weaker second half well before that as you see the coach coming in literally into the town um you'll see the sign that hangs above the street that, for no name city and it says no name city the healthiest city in the west healthy is in h-e-l-l T-H-I-E-S-T. Um, yeah. Population drunk. Um, and <laughs> I... <laughs> I love the fact that that is such a small detail that you see for maybe 20 seconds throughout the entire film. But that's just... It's one of my favorite things. I didn't even notice that. I literally that's had great. to pause it and rewind it. I was like, wait, what does that say again? But I just like that it says the healthiest city in the West. God bless him. But there's so much like, <laughs> and there's so much foreshadowing to, to hell and sinking into the pit. Um, oh, yeah. Because after the after the farmers come in, um, she somehow accidentally tells these, this very religious family that Pardoner is her husband, but her last name is Rumson. And that Mr. Rumson uh, coincidentally is not her husband, uh, it's just a coincidence. Um, and so Ben has to go and stay with um, Mad Jack Duncan, who is played by Ray Walston, who does not get enough credit in this movie. I love him dearly, who has another fantastic mustache, and he is a tiny ginger man. Um, True. Just however, like Morgan. I disregard, 
I'm not tiny, okay? <laughs> no, he's not. Uh, no, I, I disregard. I disregard Mad Jack for having the world's worst Scottish accent. Yeah, but he's and, so. Uh... Nolan, please. But when please Mad... rant on for when five Mad... minutes. When Mad Jack and Lee Marvin get together, it's oh. pure like they have a relationship like most females do in cinema these days. They are. I do not disagree. So close, and they're such good friends. And they're just the most lovely, wonderful things. They get drunk together. They get in fights, sometimes physical. Um, but they are my favorite characters in the entire movie. I do not disagree that they are wonderful to watch and that their friendship is great. I simply have a problem with the really bad accent. <laughs> yep. Nolan, what do you think about the... Um, kind of terrible scottish accent in this would you call it racist nolan <laughs> no i would just call it ridiculous it was 1969 what it what was, is the deal was... with how come like british actors can do american accents and come off kind of convincing but when it comes to american actors not only are they kind of cringy who. with brit accents when they do scottish accents they sound like they're on fucking saturday night live <laughs> don't think I don't think that Ray Walston is American. I think he's British. Let me check. Well, he's still doing a very bad Scottish accent then. I'm not. If he is, that. if he is actually Scottish, people in Scotland don't talk like that anymore. Oh, he's American. There's some. I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to lie. There's some that still talk like what the rest of the world thinks a Scottish person is. He is American. He is American. I take it back. He is American. He is. He, he is American. I thought, okay. I thought for some reason uh, he wasn't. We don't all sound like fucking Shrek, okay? No, we know you don't, and we know that. But it's also a caricature, so. It is a caricature, and yeah, that, I, I will accept that. But I'm not the Scottish person in the room, you see, so. He, he, the only thing he was missing was bagpipes and a kilt. <laughs> and the Loch Ness monster on his shoulder. You can't wear a kilt when you're digging for gold. That's how your nuts get dusty. Uh, you also shouldn't wear a kilt anywhere because they're very uncomfortable what they are the most uncomfortable piece of clothing you will ever wear i uh, as a woman i can say that that is not true (laughs) i've worn skirt i've worn skirts and kilts are like skirts that weigh a fucking ton nolan nolan listen to me you're gonna lose this battle listen to me you've got no argument here i'm afraid it might, be, it. it might be the most I'm uncomfortable no article of clothing that you will ever wear, but it is not the most uncomfortable article of clothing that can be worn. I don't mean, you haven't, see, you haven't seen my closet. Let's just say there's a reason I came out of it. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The first thing that Still popped don't... into my mind was black leather corset. Um... Still don't try and argue it. Anyway, um, so basically Ben gets kicked out of the house. <laughs> And goes to the bar, and partner joins him one night, and he sings his song Gold Fever, which is a beautiful follow shot. And it's just this kind of, like, chill, like, almost has, like, a 70s vibe to it. Like, it's low lights and gold lighting. Like, it's gold lighting, but, like, dark everywhere else. And he's just kind of roaming around this bar, uh, casino area, singing this really, like, chill song about gold and like it's just it's really it's a great song um and then they get into this whole discussion about how 
there's so much it, it shows a lot of people dropping their their gold uh, pouches and gold dust spilling onto mm-hmm. the floor and people just kind of brush it between the slats of the floor and they come up with this genius idea to tunnel underneath the bars, casinos, and whorehouses yep. to collect... A genius idea. Genius. I mean, so good. And I mean, like, the fact that they <laughs> were able to be sober enough to realize to put in, like, structurally, like, support... Like, structural supports in the tunnels. Amazing. Yeah, I guess. So they tunnel underneath... They literally honeycomb all throughout the city underneath these... Underneath every building collect all this dust and it's so good and ben decides to take the son of the farmers into town and or no partner brings him in to show him what a gold mine looks like and then ben takes him to show him the finer things in life which honestly is probably the my favorite part um it's very funny and the, this film is kind of littered with this really, really funny humor, really good sense of humor. Like you, you said before, with the the sign for No Name City, it's just really these really small things. But this whole it is, it is. But this whole scene with the the farmer's son and and Ben is just funny. Ben's confusion at his. It's just ability to... He just takes the whiskey like a champ and Ben's just looking at him like, you, you okay? Yeah. I was just like, good yeah. man. Yeah. That's how you drink in the whiskey. Exactly, right? So so let's set up the, the, the scene a little bit. So if they go into the bar, they, they take him to Willie's. They take him to, 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 to Rotten Luck Willie's, which is a gambling... It's a fantastic name. Yeah. Oh, Rotten Luck Willie, the best name. Um, so they take him to Willie's, which is a... You might want to get that checked out. It is, yeah, it is a one-stop shop for the boys. It is a bar, it is a gambling hall, and it is a whorehouse. So takes him to the bar, and they buy some whiskey. And they shoot it back, and Lee Marvin, because he is old and decrepit, um, starts hacking. And the boy, who is a big, tough farmer boy, takes it like it's apple juice. And then keeps pouring himself these incredibly full shots. Yeah. And, and just Lee keeps Marvin. taking him. He just keeps taking him. And then Lee is like, okay, well, that's good. But here's, an- here's another good thing. He gets some cigars. Lights up and he goes, isn't that the strongest thing you've ever had? He goes, oh, it tastes really good. And then Lee Marvin starts <laughs> hacking it up. And then, and then this sweet little farmer yeah. boy sees the girls. He does. Are they on the menu? <laughs> He goes, they are the menu. Um, oh, jeez. And so he takes him upstairs, and he knocks on a door, and he goes, it says one of the best lines. I mean, Lee, Lee Marvin has the best lines in this entire movie. All of his lines are just like one shots. But he takes him to the door, and he goes, I give you the boy, give me back the man. Or I bring you the boy, give me back the man. And all you see is an arm extend out yeah. of the door. He puts his hand in hers, and he has the biggest grin on his face. (laughs) He is so excited and so happy. He is. It's just the purest. It it really is, and it it makes it all the better that he is the sweetest, most innocent, you know, young man 
of 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 every single person that he's just he's taking the whiskey like a machine he's taking the cigars and saying yes he's nice i'll just this meanwhile big tough bear like lee marvin is just all <laughs> next to, be fair, to me has also been beat whiskey. down by life whiskey and cigars all he all he was missing was a nice ribeye well yeah, yeah let's get this get the, get the steak involved but yeah then he then, yeah then he does go upstairs and decides decides to uh, not keep anything to himself anymore. Uh, five minutes five minutes later, which he's a little bit of a podrick as uh is what I uh, yeah 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 That's ends a good up ends up spending a lot of his time with the girls after that. Um, so basically, No Name City has become like this hub of entertainment and uh tourist attraction almost and so they decide to bring in a bear versus bullfight mm-hmm. bad idea bad <laughs> idea especially in a city that is honeycombed with tunnels um there's a lot of bad ideas in this movie yeah but no good story ever started with so i have these salads um how did they <laughs> how do they do that on stage though was that just for the movie i believe it's just for the movie yeah i've never seen it on stage but i know i know it is adapted for the stage um but so basically everybody gets into town they're hanging out they're waiting for this fight and this crazy preacher that's been throughout the second half of the movie is like trying to tell them he's not objecting to the fight he's objecting to it being on a sunday <laughs> <laughs> he's like these animals shall not shed blood on the god's day and i'm like what they just don't maybe not um, tomorrow it's fine tomorrow it's fine tuesday can we schedule in for tuesday yeah, monday is this perfect but sunday nope that's god's day um so so the preacher's in there and he's constantly been telling ben throughout this entire movie that he's going to hell that he's gonna go go sink into the depths of hell and uh he literally does so he's standing yeah so the preacher's standing in the arena and just sinks into this hole (laughs) into the tunnels right in front of where ben is sitting at a table and the preacher looks up and ben just goes welcome to hell preacher like (laughs) it's just so perfect and wonderful and then of course the bull sinks down too and chaos ensues. The whole city starts to sink and that's the end of no name city. Um, and then, so everybody's kind of moving on anyways, deep in the uh, earth. And so Ben's like, well, I'm not, I'm not staying. And so he and partner go to leave and partner's still like dearly in love with his wife. Um, and Ben's just kind of like, you're the better man. Just, just stay like, it's fine. So partner hops off the care, uh, hops off the wagon, and uh, is reunited with his wife. And everybody walks off. And uh, oh, how did we pass over this? Um, I know, I know what you've passed over. Do you want me to say it? Yes. Wandering star. Yes. I love that you know me so well. Ben has this. That's song. a really good song. So when Ben gets kicked out by his wife. Uh, he wanders into town and there are tons of people leaving because basically of gentrification, they can't afford to live there anymore. Um, and so as all of these people are leaving town, Ben starts singing this song about, um, I was born under a wandering star. And it's this very poignant, 
very like self-realized song yeah. about who he is and who most of these men are like they're not they're not people to settle down you know they don't put they they they, they only stake in as deep as their tent stakes need to go and then mm. they rip them out and move on and it's this beautiful song and i love it and i may have built my life around it but uh... <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that it's a it's it's a really it's a very western song it is really a very a very western movie song yes it's very um, like if somebody whips out their guitar at a campfire and starts singing the song it would not yeah. be out of place um, please do that instead of singing wonderwall yeah first definitely. of all don't, don't, don't do that how dare you secondly the guy who has a guitar at a party and only plays Wonderwall okay. is the worst human on the planet. Only? Yes. But you have to <laughs> sing Wonderwall around a campfire. Um, and also, the best things in life are dirty. Is one of the cutest little, like, kick up your heels songs. It's really adorable. Yeah. Yeah. I, um... I mean, I, 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 I do think that kind of... The the first instance of Wandering Star, and then it again right at the end. It it in this whole movie that's two hours forty five of kind of light hearted nonsense. Yeah. To just sort of punch you with these two really kind of like you said self realized poignant you know reiterations of the same song. It hits you very well, and it's very effective doing that. I think it's you know it's a better movie for doing that, and it's a great it's a great little song. It and is. Lee Marvin Lee Marvin sings it really well because he he has this incredibly rough, croaky voice, and it just works really well for for that song and the whole the tone of the song. It, I think actually. Lee, I think Lee Marvin sings that better than Clint sings any of his songs. Really? There's some sometimes in Clint's songs he he sounds kind of like like he's trying to get a bit too high pitched for his own good, just a little bit. Like um, Pierce Brosnan and Mamma Mia. Oh, no, no, not that. We're not, bad. we're not talking that. We're not talking Russell Crowing Lame is Arab or anything like that. These people can sing the songs they are given. Um, but Lee Marvin singing Wandering Star is the most perfect sort of, I think, song and perfor vocal performance in the, uh, in the movie. I think, anyway. Um, it's definitely my favorite song. Um, and it's just, it, yeah, it's perfect. Like, you, you really know who he is. Like, you don't have to watch the movie to know who Ben Rumson is. If you just watch that one song. Yes. It's very sweet, very poignant, and very kind of like walking down the road, kicking dirt a little bit. Um, but then the movie ends with everybody leaving town because it's destroyed. And it goes back to the song that was playing at the beginning as everybody's on a caravan like they were in the beginning. And you hear, where am I going? I don't know. When am I going to be there? I ain't certain. All I know is I am on my way. Which is a great song as well. Nice little that, poignant end. It's life's a journey. That's kind of what I life's got a journey. Life, you know, you can talk about the cyclical nature of everything. Things just co what comes around goes around, and all these 
cliche sayings, but uh, the points they make are, are very valid and they will be timeless points. And There's reasons those uh, themes just stick around for like every movie afterwards. Def- there definitely are. I, I always like stories that sort of begin and end in the same place um, and about the sort of the way the world or the way life sort of comes around. You know, everything is ends up being a circle. Um, I always really like stories like that, which is why I really like this movie even though I do think it's too long, but that's a little nitpick. Um, but I do really like this movie. I really like how it ends. And I love the um, the opening and closing song. Well, I do love... It, get, so- it got stuck in my head instantly. It's a, it's a nice little way to end off Musical March, I'd say. A really sweet little Western musical. And Morgan knows how I feel about Westerns. Yeah, Nolan's not the biggest fan of Westerns in general. But this wasn't like... I love that this this was a song, a movie set in Western times, but it wasn't a traditional Western. And it is a musical, but there's no big like show-stopping numbers, and there's no like like the lead singer or the lead the lead actors never dance. Like there's not a dance step in their repertoire that they have to do. Like it's nothing. Like the choreography is very like homely. people putting down glasses or like taking shots or putting their cards. Like it's very subtle more motion choreography than it is dance choreography i feel like it's the musical equivalent of going out to karaoke it's more about who the people you're with than like the actual songs and stuff but that's a nice little analogy i must say i like that i do love ben's uh quote because after after he sings born under a wandering star and everybody's leaving uh, somebody says to him, there's two kinds of people, blah, blah, blah. And Ben says, no, there's two kinds of people, them going somewhere and them going nowhere. And that's what's true. And like every time Ben opens his mouth, it is like <laughs> life lesson after yeah. life lesson after life. I mean, there's one of my favorites. Somebody asks him, uh, uh, you should read the Bible, Mr. Rumson. He goes, I have read the Bible, Mrs. Fenty. She goes, uh, didn't that discourage you from drinking? He goes, no, but it sure killed my appetite for reading. <laughs> like, I mean, not not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. If there's one book that would put me off reading, it'd be the Bible. <laughs> I don't know. That was kind of wild. Um, to be fair, the Bible does have very fun stories. Some wicked, crazy stories. Um. Yeah, Ben also says, I'm an ex-citizen of nowhere, and sometimes I get a mighty homesick. Like, you're not, look, you're man, not wrong. The man's a goddamn poet. You are not wrong when you say that a lot of the things that are coming out of Ben Rumson's mouth are life lessons, and he just has these killer lines every, seemingly every time he opens his mouth. Um... I love that you love this movie so much. I do. I actually quote it quite regularly and nobody realizes it. Cause like when they're doing the whole like town debate on whether they should go get the girls, um, mm-hmm. somebody asks if, uh, if he could do something a little bit more sober. He goes, Nope. Sorry guys. It's getting worse every day. <laughs> like he's just uh, so good. Yeah. It really is. Nolan, I uh, let's get some more of your thoughts on this on this overall sort of movie. Like in terms of your feelings towards it. Did you even like the movie? 
I did. I thought it was very fun. This is um, one of the musicals that I would happily rewatch. I I did a funny thing with it actually. I watched it late one night, like at, at midnight, and then when the intermission came, like I felt like okay, I'll watch the rest of it tomorrow. So it felt like a okay. true sort of intermission sequence, and then watch the rest of it then, and I had fun with it. Like, uh, but it's not made me so much want to rewatch the movie immediately. It's made me curious to see what it would be like on stage. Yeah, that's fair. I think yeah, because it, it seems like it seems like it would be. I mean, for for you saying that there are no huge dance numbers or even huge music numbers in the whole thing, it seems like it would be a really big stage production, um, just because of the sort of scale of the whole thing. Or is it? You know, is it scaled up for the movie? Definitely scaled up for the movie. Probably should be. It's basic. So. The way the reason that the movie looks so big is because they were actually shooting in the Sierras and they wanted to give the scope of the land so that they could show like this is a huge like this is this is what they, you know, encountered when yeah. they were coming across the country and saw the Sierras and like came over and these are the hills and, you know, it's it's a big area. And so they wanted to give that kind of a grand scope of things. But on stage, like there are potentials for showstoppers. Like they could turn there's a coach coming in into a very large, almost yeah. um, be our guest type showstopping number. Like you, I can absolutely see it. They just chose not to, I think because they were outside working with the elements and, you know, wasn't this, wasn't it also like radically over budget? I'm sorry. And wasn't this like, this movie radically over budget. I mean, yeah. And like, um, it was kind of a hell to make. Well, yeah. Anytime you're working outside, especially in an environment that like has dust everywhere and could rain at any moment, like it's going to be a little bit of a pain in the ass to make, but like they did a great job with it. I mean, did it make money? I don't know. was it a successful movie? Because I mean, like, I, I was I was reading some stuff on it. It made it seem like it wasn't such a successful movie because it was kind of coming to the end of sort of musicals' huge time in the in the theater. In in you know how many best picture winners from the sixties were musicals? Quite a lot. Um, but this was sort of. In 1969, like we say, sort of coming toward the latter stage of the huge big stage musical on screen, and I was just I was just reading somewhere that it was kind of a real pain to make. It got like double over its budget, and didn't make so much at the box office either. Well, um, according to Wikipedia, it says that the budget was 20 million, which is huge for 69 yeah like that's massive that was like that's like that's almost like um titanic's budget when titanic mm-hmm. got made it was the most expensive movie ever made it was so big people were like what the heck? like they're never like everyone was like they're never gonna make their money back um but apparently the box office earnings were 31 million so it did make its money okay back. okay um yeah so it's not too bad no, I, I must have misspoke. I must have... I don't know. 
that's no, that's fair. No, that's that's fair enough. It deserves to have been a success. Oh, absolutely. Because I think it's I think it's a really good movie. It's um, a lot more humble than most like big showstopper musicals. Well, yeah, like it's like it's it's like a step down. It's it's very like it's not it's not a singing in the rain. It's not it's not even Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, which has huge no. dance numbers, which was actually my second choice for this. But everybody's seen that pretty much, um, even though I love it so dearly. <laughs> um, you just wanted to pick someone that very very few people have seen. I, I did uh not because whenever i mention this movie people get this glazed over look of like clint eastwood was in a musical like well if you remember that's exactly what we were doing i know at the end of last week when you said let's do paint your wagon and he's like can clint eastwood sing sings no but actually legit yeah i tried reassuring you and Kind of hope, hopefully gave you hope, but um, you know, it's it is one of my favorite movies that I love bringing up every now and then. It just reminds me of my dad and my childhood, and I mean, I grew up in California, and the movie's about California, so it's kind of nice. Yeah. If you could paint your own wagon, what paint job would you give it? Black <laughs> like my soul. Black no, uh... like your soul. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I don't know. Flames on the side. Absolutely. Oh, I'm Light, gonna, light I'm gonna ride a rainbow bolt. wagon. Of course, I had no doubt with streamers coming <laughs> off the hubcaps. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. Yeah. I Blasting Mariah Carey down the road. Nolan, I don't think you need to. Uh, I don't think you need to ask me. I'm pretty sure you'd know what my answer is going to be if I was to oh, yeah. paint my wagon any color. Purple, because of your love of Justin Bieber. Exactly. <gasps> That's exactly the reason I. Did you? Do you know what? That is exactly the reason I love purple, and not a lot of people know that. Because of Bieber, please tell me you're joking. I am joking. Of course, I'm joking. Jesus, Rachel. <laughs> Does Morgan look like a Justin Bieber fan? Let's be honest. Look at me, Rachel. Do I? Do I? No. Good. No, you do Good. not. Which is why I had to double Good. check. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I'd like a nice purple, purple wagon. I could see myself. Me in front in the purple wagon, and then Rachel in the black wagon, and then Nolan bringing, you know, in the, in the, uh, in the rainbow wagon. He's uh, the one that catches everybody's eye. Oh, yeah. Um, which is, is always good. It was good. Uh, people would, although it would attract thieves and bandits, so I'm not quite. But I think that we would just turn it into a massive dance party. Fair. I would be up for that, even though I can't really dance all that well. That's okay. You can make sure and the fire keeps going. I'll do that. I'll do that. I will be the fire person, <laughs> uh, the pyromaniac. You'll be that dude um, from Mad Max yeah. Fury Road on a wagon. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, on a nice purple wagon. And it will be so much fun. And we won't create a city that we then collapse because we are far too greedy for all the gold. No, we'll just build um, a subfloor underneath. It'll be fine. Yeah, the gold rush is, is a, a really interesting time to me. I haven't... I don't know as much as I would like to know about the gold rush. I know like passing things about it. 
We'll come back to and California. I'll take you up to Sacramento. We'll go gold mining. <laughs> It'll be fun. I'll teach you all about it. I literally grew up having to learn all about it. Well, that's perfect. I will do that. Um, this, I mean, this is... I, yeah, because, I, I mean, I haven't seen Charlie Chaplin's The Gold Rush, even though I probably should do that. This might actually be the first movie about The Gold Rush that I've seen. Um... But it is, it is, because it's this, it's, like, I'm a, I'm a fan of westerns, but this, it's not, the gold rush is westerns, but it's like, it's not Texas westerns, it's, no, it's very California Oregon West. westerns, it's California westerns, it's, there are trees here, there are hills and stuff like that, it's not barren desert. No, um, we're not, we're not herding cattle, we're, uh, we're mining for gold. Yeah, so it's this really sort of. It just makes me want to go and check out some more Gold Rush stuff. Because I'm a history guy as well, and I like to know as much as possible about any little bit of history anywhere that interests me. The Gold so, Rush uh... is fascinating. It is incredibly, like, when you realize what these guys were, li like, the situations that these guys were living in during that time, like, what it shows Ben and partner living in a tent... And yeah. then it rains and they sing the song Mariah. You're like, holy shit, they're just sleeping in mud. Like, there's not a floor yeah. to their tents like nowadays. They're sleeping on mud. Like, yeah. it's intense. It is intense. It is intense. Jesus yes! Thank you. Thank you, thank you, yes. thank you. Oh. Rachel wanted that, Nolan. You know Rachel wanted that. As much as you might be sighing... I she know. Very clearly wanted me to make that joke. I softballed that so soft. <laughs> I just smacked it clean out the park because the pitch was dreadful. <laughs> it was not a good pitch. No, it was a perfect setup. It was a perfect setup, but not a good pitch. No, it was the perfect pitch. I let you hit it out of the park. Which would be bad for your team. No, but for the joke was never mind baseball analogy. <laughs> Telling never Brandon, mind. Screw, screw baseball. Telling Brandon, oh, you said that. Brandon, Brandon. Knows oh yeah, then he'll am... ship. He'll ship you off to fucking Limpaland. <laughs> I am. I am becoming a fan of baseball. Um, baseball season has just started. Actually. Yesterday, two days ago, so, whatever, uh... a while ago, when this airs. <laughs> Yesterday, as of this air date. So, uh, yeah, I'm actually becoming a baseball fan, so... Don't... Brandon can't hate me anymore. I'm just... Really, I'm all... I'm doing this all for Brandon. I just refuse to have him hate me. <laughs> I mean, you guys are both amazing uh, catches. You are. I... I strongly disagree with that. Um, Brand, Brand, Brandon is not a catch at all. <sighs> Um, <laughs> Don't you talk about my yes. friends like that. I mean, I, I would say how handsome Brandon is, but that would make me sound kind of Stockholm syndrome-y. Perfect. I love it. Um, so what do you guys have I coming up next? It. I do love it. I want to keep doing I mean. this. This is fun. It's it's silly. It's episode fifty next. No I one. Know. Who I'm knows what so we're gonna do? I'm so angry. I'm missing this. I was one away. Well, Nolan, I, you you said you had fun stuff planned for episode fifty. 
Um, yes, which I cannot reveal because it's so fun it would just ruin the 49 of it. Good. I, um, I, would I also, also have stuff pl- planned that <laughs> I, I can't reveal because it's just too fun and would ruin the surprise of it as well. I would also love to point out that uh, this is our 49th episode. This is a movie about mining for gold. Morgan is a massive Scooby-Doo fan. And there's a villain called the Miner 49er. I adore this in every way full circle. possible. Full circle. The mi- it full f- everything's just full circle and I absolutely love it. The Miner 49er. Not a great Scooby-Doo villain, but a serviceable one. And also the San Francisco 49ers. Which are not a baseball team. No, they're football. They are a but, football team. But they are a California-based football team. Football as in American football, guys, not soccer. Yeah, um, I know. What's soccer? It's what Americans call football. We, I know we what it is. Not. I'm just being British. <laughs> Instead of American football being oblong ball. Um, Don't you mean I'm, rugby? I've learned to accept. No, no. Americans are, are, yeah. are scared little girls and wear pads. Ah, and throw, American and football throw is also. We have forward passes. Okay, American American football, the tackles are also way more aggressive and way more intense. They need pads and helmets. If you tackled like that in rugby, there would be deaths. Yeah, we also don't pick our players up by their thighs. We should, <laughs> but we don't. Um, you'd like you like that. I love rugby. Those boys are just chew toys. Um. <laughs> yeah, I said it. I meant it. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me I'm I mean, wrong. I, don't, I, mean, I mean, I don't disagree. But, yeah. <laughs> Just wanna. Um. Uh, so what's been happening, guys? What's been happening? Let's close off musical march in a bit of a stupid way. Now seems like we've said all we wanted to say about. The very fun and very enjoyable, and go and watch it, guys. Paint your wagon. It's like three dollars on Amazon. Just rent it, buy it, just just watch it, guys. It's so much fun. Yeah, Clint Eastwood, Lee Marvin, Gene Seberg, uh, whoever the guy doing the Scottish Ray Walston and Harv Presnell. And Harv Presnell, there you go. If go they ever there. remake it, it should be David Tennant in that role. If you ever, what is <laughs> yeah, because he's luck, actually Willie? Scottish at least. No, he's actually no. Scottish, and he could play a mad dude. No, I want. I I would rather have him as uh as Ben. Sl- slight thing there, since I mentioned that David Tennant's podcast. If you haven't heard it, it's the most delightful thing on the internet. Besides this, Bes- I'm glad. I'm very very glad you said besides this. Then I was gonna come at you with all the evil. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna say, what do you mean? Are you endorsing? David Tennant's podcast more than you're endorsing our own. Um, more, no. No. but David Tennant is Problem. a gift to us all. He's delightful. Uh, he is and wonderful. And some wild stuff did happen this week. It was your birthday this week, Nolan. So <laughs> I assume. Oh yeah, that happened. I assume that some wild stuff did happen. Um, did you perchance do any wild things on your birthday? I did see a little movie called Shazam. 
Uh, is the embargo the embargo is the embargo lifted? Yeah, it is. Talk about it then. Let's. Uh, I mean, you could talk about how much you, you like it, say, but if say. you spoil anything, I will fly over there and be. Yes. All I'll say Obvi- is this. Obviously, non-spoiler, but yes, this please. This might be my uh, new favorite DC movie, and not just like of the DC EU, but like I'm talking overall. Wow. Hmm? I mean, this does. This is a movie that is very personal to you, of course, and um, Levi. You've been, you've been looking forward to this for a longy, long time. Mm-hmm. I've been um, looking forward to Shazam yeah. ever since, like, Dwayne Johnson was cast as Black Adam ages ago. Yeah, and also Zach um, Levi I'm... is perfect. Zachary Levi is a very handsome man. And a very gorgeous, beautiful man. And I'm going to miss out my chance to meet him because he's going to Dubai Comic Con and I don't live in Dubai anymore. <laughs> Sorry, I did not see how that was a... Okay, now that I know that you used to live in Dubai, I understand. <laughs> I was very confused for a second. I was like, you know Dubai is like... But something else what, did happen uh, last what, week. Uh, whenever whenever Nolan brings up that he lived in Dubai and the, the fact that he's kind of sad that he no longer lives in Dubai, I always get confused because Dubai is just... Ugh, is it? Heat. Hot. Not all the time. Ugh, all all the time. The only time it's like moderately decent outside in Dubai is winter. And then it's like summer in the UK. And also, um, isn't Dubai still just a big building site? More or less, yeah. So who'd want to live there? Sounds like LA. It is. It's pretty much LA. It doesn't sound like LA. LA's got a nice temperature to it. Dubai is just mental with the temperature. Yeah, but you can go inside. LA's nice. LA's nice. I want to live in LA. So move back. Um, also, last yeah. week, um, Stories as Lessons did come back. Certainly did. Nice. Uh, I didn't do one about How to Train Your Dragon yet, because that one is on hold until I can get the How to Train Your Dragon 3 footage, legally. Okay. So, so uh, I mean, it's a good I- good idea to get it legally, to be fair. You don't want to... <laughs> so, instead, I talked about a little childhood favourite. Uh, I talked about Matilda. Such a good movie. Oh, Miss Honey. I, re- I rewatched it on Netflix and I was surprised at how much it held up. Yeah, it's a good movie. Um, and uh, the it next is not my favourite Roald Dahl movie, of course, and as we all know. Um, the, the next one, all I'm going to say, it's a, it's a pretty big topic. <laughs> See what you did there. I think Rachel got that joke, Nolan. Somehow, I think Rachel might have understood that joke. And Rachel, being the big Disney fan she is, uh, as a little birthday present to myself, I ordered myself Kingdom Hearts for the first time on my little on my PS2. I've never played them, and I want to have fun with those. Absolutely. I'm because not a big right gamer, now I... on my PS2, I've just been reliving those dreadful Harry Potter games. <laughs> <laughs> Which are my favourite. Admittedly, I don't really know what Kingdom Hearts is, so I must be old. It's just, it's ba- from what I understand, it's Final Fantasy with Disney characters. It is, basically. And, like, with Disney, Fair. like, okay. with, like, Disney creation abilities. Um, what were, were there any musicals that you guys didn't get to that you would have wanted to add, maybe? If there was more time? Look, I'm, 
I mean, we 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 only had five uh, five episodes this month. This doesn't, by any chance, by any you know thing, mean that musicals won't come back on the show. It might be a little while before we do a musical again, but we'll keep on we'll keep on doing the musicals. I, I'm a big musical fan. Um, I don't know. There's so, there's so many. I think we pick. I think the ones we have done were sort of balanced really well. And, you know, Rachel, again, you being on for three of them uh, has just been absolutely delightful and wonderful. And we hope to have you back for whatever it may be. I would love to. Anytime, any movie, I'm in. Maybe not any movie. What if it's a movie you don't like? What if it's a movie? There's very few that I am adamantly like, what the hell is wrong with you? Um, like movies Rachel would hate. I will I will pick one and if you can figure if, if you can figure out a movie that I vehemently dislike. I'll I'll ask around. I'll ask around. I have I have sources. Shut up, Janine. All the, mo- <laughs> all the movies that I hate are after nineteen sixty. It's perfect then, because usually we stick before. Um, besides, if not nineteen sixty. Besides Disney's Peter Pan. Besides we've Disney's Peter Pan, that. which we did cover uh, last summer-ish, and both didn't like it. You didn't like how the Red Man does. No, no, no! It's, like it's unwatchable. It's unwatchable. I rewatched. I rewatched Peter Pan because I hadn't seen it in a while, but I watched it on a plane. And my the whole movie, I was just like, oh no. And then that came on, and I was like, oh shh. I was like looking around and like, like I hope people don't see that I'm watching this. However, if you if you want a good Peter Pan adaptation, the 2003 one is perfect. However, Cap- Captain Hook is in the Mustache Hall of Fame, so oh, for sure, obviously. So yeah, that's that captain hook and smee are also boning each other just like partner and ben yeah but which is, is that a nice is that <laughs> smee uh, <laughs> is that a nice place to finish this episode guys i think it might just be although um actually because us just came out and uh, have we all seen us i we i have seen us yeah it's okay one word nolan what do you think? Um, all I'll say is um, I was staring. I was staring at the ground on the way back. Okay, Rachel. You know why? Um, layered. Layered. It is layered. Incredibly layered. If that's Rachel's word, then my word Shrek. <laughs> Onions. <laughs> yes. Um. I. I. I actually really liked us. I really liked us. Creepy as all hell. Takes a lot for me to think a horror movie's legitimately creepy. And also my favourite Lupita Nyong'o performance by far. Oh, she is a goddamn star. Oh my god. By the way, my one word is Lupita! (laughs) (laughs) I make the decisions now. Yes, you do. Guys, thank you for listening. 
to the final episode of Musical March, episode 49, um, with Rachel Silverstrini, again, talking Paint Your Wagon from 1969. Go and watch it. It's funny. Yeah, sure, it's a bit long, but you'll enjoy it. Um, Rachel? You, you don't really have a right to talk about long movies when you picked Once Upon a Time in America for movies, isn't me? Once Upon a Time in America deserves its runtime. <laughs> okay, don't hate on Once Upon a Time in America. Such a great, such a good movie. Damn it, it's been so long since I've seen Once Upon a Time in America. Why does it have to be from 1980? Because the, the last time you watched it, you missed ten birthdays. <laughs> it's only three hours and fifty minutes. Calm down. It's a long movie. Without yeah. an intermission. Look, look. It's ridiculous in length, but I love that movie so much. But yes, guys, thank you for listening to episode 49 of It's a Wonderful Podcast. Rachel, what are you up to? Where can people find you until you are back on this show next? Who knows when that will be? Hopefully not too long. Well, I have a new match on the Schmodown that is airing, um, that is available to the regular public as of April. I believe it's 5th or 6th. I think it's the 5th. Uh, so go to... Okay, so next week. Yeah, so next week. Uh, next Thursday, I believe. Uh, so go check that out. It's a lot of fun. Um, uh, yeah, I'll be at, um, I'll be in Chicago for, uh, Star Wars Celebration, so if anybody's there, come find me. Um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at rmsilvestrini.com-ish things, whatever. I don't know how to sell myself on social media. Um, but yeah, come find me, follow me interact it's you fine. did also you did also uh i didn't want to bring this up but you did also compete in the movie traditional on free for all i did week. and it was um, so much fun watch it uh if you're watching for me you don't have to watch very long <laughs> <laughs> but i did have a lot of fun and the i mean that group is just the best conglomeration of human beings ever put in one place like every time we're all together i'm like the rest of the world must suck right now. Um, because I am, I am inclined to agree. So yeah, go yeah. over there and check Rachel's match out next week. Like, comment, um, share, please. <laughs> like, comment, share, do all the stuff, get Rachel more of a prominent force on the Schmodown because she deserves it, because she's great. Thank you. Nolan, apart from stories as lessons, what are you up to? What have you been doing? I've been replaying some old PS2 games. I've been reading some books. I've been getting a little bit of an update regarding Moonflower. Oh, very nice. Okay, you want to leave it there and as a bit of a tease? Yeah, you know what? I'm going to leave it as a little bit of a tease and I'll tell you guys what happened afterwards. Yes. Perfect. And uh, where can everybody find you, as they always can? Find me at Nolan Dean on YouTube, at Nolan Dean 27 on Twitter, at the life and times of Nolan Dean on Instagram. Morgan, feel free to make fun of my stupid Instagram name. I'm over making fun of your Instagram name, to be perfectly honest, <laughs> because I'm a nice person. Guys, you can check me out and follow me on Twitter at the Purple Dawn with a three instead of the E in the just the Purple Dawn with no number on uh, Instagram. Because Instagram likes me as opposed to Twitter that doesn't like me. Rachel, did you know that Twitter doesn't like me? Twitter doesn't like anything nowadays, let's be honest. Yeah, Twitter doesn't like anyone. Twitter's I kind also, of a 
sad sod. I also, I also should reiterate that the three is in there because three is the magic number. Three. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at It's a Wonderful One with the number one. Use the hashtag It's a Wonderful One to talk to us about all the musicals and paint your wagon and whatever you want to see for episode 50 and going forward to the next 50. Um, you can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher, Castbox, Overcast, which is a new one that I was made aware of that we're on. Anyway, podcast provider, your your chosen podcast provider, we will probably be there. And if you're not there, and if, if we're not there, I should say, if we're not there, let us know. And uh, I'll see what I can do about getting us on there. Because we want to be able to expand to everyone so the m- most people possible can listen, even though we are an admittedly tiny show. Guys, thank you for listening again. Until next week, episode 50, God knows what we'll be doing. I don't know, we don't even have a movie, it's probably just going to be me and Nolan shouting at each other for an hour, but we're nicer than that. Bye, guys. Bye. Nolan, see us out quickly. If you're going to paint your wagon, paint it rainbow with streamers. Boom. Boom. <laughs>